Welcome to Photo Mission Focus Discussing Photography. Hi, I'm Steve Finkel. On this episode of Focus, I want to talk about, well, I suppose I want to talk about an idea about what if photography and photographs never happened? What say, how would the world look? And if you, th- I suppose the idea is to ponder and think about how big is photography in the world and how much it influences everyone's lives and how it affects us. Like it affects every part of our lives if you actually start to try to drill back. So let's think about it. So before photography, there was people wanted to get a family portrait. They'd engage the services of a painter uh, who would come and sit. They'd sit for the painter and the painter would paint their likeness and and that would be the, the way that that person was captured. So most of the pictures we have of people from that era were someone else's recollection of what that person looked like. So it was, you know, they sat down, drew that person. How accurate that was, we don't know, because sometimes, like, you know, people can embellish things or make things look, you know, better than they are or or worse than they are. So you don't really know. Photographs kind of, I suppose, is a true document of what a person looked like. And I think, you know, it's always interesting to kind of sometimes just go let your mind run back just let things kind of think about like I said the world without photography and like I said from the moment you start your day if you're on social media you're going to be flicking through you're going to be looking at images and the other spin-off thing is if photography had never been invented then video wouldn't have been the thing as well because obviously photography came first and then they realized that you know by taking a series of images straight away one after the other and then playing them forward would create a moving picture. So they created, you know, that's how video, that's how, you know, movie started, basically. So, and the other spin-off stuff is obviously all the imaging technology for medical purposes all came about, I think, because of the fact that, you know, people could understand that, you know, they could capture using light, they could capture a photograph, but they could also capture images using radio waves and other techniques and I think some of those things would, you know, would never been have been thought of or invented. So can you imagine living in 2023 and there's not a single camera in the world? You you have your phone and your phone just is a something you can talk to people on. A bit like the early days of mobile phones before cameras were introduced into mobile phones. And, you know, if you wanted to capture a picture of something, you'd have to either draw it or have someone draw it for you. It just... It's kind of mind-blowing to think how we could exist in the world today without photography. Like, how would the world operate if photography was taken away tomorrow, if it just suddenly was disappeared? You know, how would we function? What would, you know, social media look like? You know, you'd be sitting there and drawing a doodle of your breakfast and somehow uploading that to a, to a social media site saying, yeah, this is what I had for breakfast. Oh, here I am down by the seaside. We just the world would just be so different, you know. With the instantaneous um, nature of photography, particularly with camera phones, allows us to document and upload in a heartbeat, basically what's going on around us. So we're we're, we're so connected by we're so connected by the medium of photography that everyone can see what everyone else is doing. And like I said, and that's kind of I suppose has has formed the way opinions are made and it's also formed the way things happen in the world. So I think by removing photography from the world, we just 
it, it's kind of hard to imagine. Like, I mean, we've been – and look – Obviously, for people who who grew up in the 18th century or 17th century, where photography wasn't even a thing, those people never missed it. And it's funny how once you've had something, sometimes it's hard to go back. And I suppose if we look at all the other technological advances that we live with as a modern society, you know, things like the, even things like the the mobile phone, the fact that you can talk to somebody on this device and you can be kind of anywhere in the world and you can be basically talking to any somebody anywhere else in the world. It's just amazing that we've got that technology available to us. And again, so imagine like again if if we went back to say, you know, the seventies where there was just purely a like like a um, a landline phone, how that even just how the mobile phone and the way we communicate has changed. Even take away photos from that element, just even the way we communicate um with each other like I said, via mobile and text and emails. And, you know, it's just changed everything about the world. Like it really has been a phenomenal amount of technology. In the last 100 years, we've just seen so much happen. We've seen that, you know, in transportation, you know, with uh, now with electric vehicles coming more and more to the fore, we're starting to see people can get away. I mean, the other thing, there's so many personal transport devices around, like the the e-scooters and uh, e-bikes and those type of things where people now can basically, you know, jump on that and ride that to work and it's just so easily done. And I think it's kind of, like I said, technology's been moving at an, incredible, at an incredible pace and it's just we take a lot of stuff for granted. So I think sometimes it's good just to sit back and think about what if. What if it didn't exist? What if we didn't have that technology? How would we survive? Like what would we do? I mean... A lot of people do enjoy going away for a weekend and doing like a totally unplugged um, situation where they, you know, they go into a little country retreat somewhere where there's no mobile reception, there's no internet, and they just kind of peel it back to back to nature and how it was back in the days of the pioneers, where you know basically they said you know they'd find a spot to build a house and they'd have to go and chop down trees to get the timber, you know, get the materials together and you know, build where they lived and quite incredible like thing when you think about what they had to go through, the hardships. Like people today, I suppose, think about things sometimes being, you know, suffering some hardships at times. But in general, we've just got it so good as a society that we've got so much stuff around us these days and so much stuff is accessible. And like I said, we just take a lot of stuff for granted. And I think that's why this episode I just thought about Think about this. Just think about some of the things that we should be grateful for, and some of the things that we kind of can't live without anymore. And I think, like I said, for a lot of people now, photography is something that they couldn't really live without. You know, particularly if you're a photographer, obviously that's how you make your living, and and that's you know part of your part of your stock in trade is is making images. But I said it's an industry that's kind of started from nothing, like a lot of industries driven by technology, where previously they didn't exist. But technology allowed a new industry to flourish. Um, it allowed people to be able to do something, offer something, make something, and, like I said, monetize it, make a living from it, which is quite quite incredible. And I suppose the thing about thinking about going the other direction, like you know, going forward into the future, what is the future going to hold for photography? You know, there's a lot of stuff happening at the moment, obviously with AI, and that's the big buzz thing at the moment. People are talking about 
uh, artificial intelligence and how it's going to impact on the creative community. And it will have a huge impact on the creative community. There's absolutely no doubt about it. You know, I've been playing around with different AI stuff, just having a look how it works, getting my head around some of the, some of the, um, you know, technologies that are being developed out there. And it's just, I mean, it's, it is extremely good. Like it does, for, for some of the things, it does an extremely good job at what it's designed to do, which in, in essence actually removes the human element from it. And I think that's the, that's going to be the challenge for us moving forward is, how do we keep people in the creative field? How do we keep them involved? How do we keep them a part of the creative process where we don't, you know, all of a sudden we don't need a copywriter, we don't need um, a photographer, we don't need all these people to create stuff because we can use artificial intelligence to create things that we might need for our everyday lives, like for for advertising or, you know, for um, marketing purposes or whatever. And I just see that we're in a kind of a, we're kind of at a crossroads, I think, in, in in technology and advancements, as particularly of AI, because AI, I suppose, is the one that's going to be one of the most disruptive technologies out there. I think it's going to really have a huge impact. And AI filters across every type of, um, I suppose, every type of platform. And if you think about self-driving cars, you know, a self-driving car is going to be made possible by artificial intelligence being able to make the decisions that normally a driver would make. So, you know, when you drive your car, you're looking out the window, you're, you're watching what's going on around you, you're, you're, you're spatially aware of, of where other people are on the road and you're keeping your distance and you're also keeping um, an eye on the road for potential um, dangers and, you know, potential things that you might have to do to avoid a collision or whatever. So you're kind of processing a lot of information and you do it kind of subconsciously. You're not even thinking about it. You're driving in the car. You're doing. You're making all these decisions about where the car is on the road, about how fast you're going, all those types of things based on information that you're receiving, usually by you know your eyes and but also your ears. That you're watching what's going on and you're listening to what's going on, so you know that um, you know if, if a if an emergency vehicle's coming up behind you, you know, the first thing you're alerted to is by the sound of the sirens on the emergency vehicle. So then you obviously look to see where, where they're coming and whether you need to move out of the way and you will react accordingly. So it's gonna be interesting, like I said, in the future with self driving cars, like it's gonna be interesting how they I suppose how people accept that technology. And I think the the thing is, like, I mean, we've seen it now in planes, like autopilot in planes has been around for for such a long time that quite often that when you go on a long-haul flight, the pilots aren't really, other than taking off and landing, the plane's pretty much flying itself. So they're just there as the gatekeepers to make sure, you know, something doesn't go wrong. But quite often, more and more times, they rely on those autopilot systems to fly the plane. And again, it's like it's. I suppose for some people, it's they love that idea, the fact that technology can take over and do these tasks. For some other people, I suppose it's quite scary to think that you're putting your faith in a machine uh, that potentially, you know, could impact on your life. So it's, it's um, like I said, it's it's interesting times we live in. And like I said, there's been so many advancements in technology that I think we just seeing it everywhere. Like we're seeing it across all. Like I said, all areas of life, we're seeing it in, you know, food with um, stuff being genetically modified and 
you know, food being modified and things being done to food uh, to try and enhance it or make it grow faster. But the thing about it is, are we moving too quickly on this stuff? Is is it is it that as a society where uh, you know the hunger to kind of keep you know technologically advancing is it a good thing or should we should we slow things down? I think the thing with AI, I think it it's like a lot of stuff. The internet was one of those inventions that when it was first invented, great idea, you know, being able to have this global network around the world where you can exchange information and you could, you know, talk to people via an email and exchange data and, and, and stuff like that. And it, you know, was a fantastic idea. But then because of this new technology, um, which was totally outside of, I suppose, all the normal government regulations and provisions to make sure that it was safe and used in a, a fair and equitable way, that the technology was so far advanced to what legislation was that it really was the horse really bolted out of the paddock. And, you know, I suppose uh, governments around the world have been now trying for years to reel it in. And it's a really difficult thing that once a, once a technology or once a platform like that gets out into the world, it takes on a life of its own and it's very difficult for anyone to kind of reel it in and, and kind of put the brakes on. And I think this is what's going to happen with AI, that AI is going to be one of those technologies that everyone's, a lot of people are scrambling to build the better AI platform and so they're trying to put all this information into there and it's, like I said, it's potentially going to be so disruptive to the creative community that people are going to have to, I suppose refocus their energies on some of the stuff like I said some people will potentially lose their employment because something like AI can actually do the job for them or like I said we just lose control of it where you know the human mind's a fantastic thing and like I said as you photographers know that you know you can have an idea and you can then go and execute it and, and usually like to get that idea from from an idea in your head to an image that you can show someone there's a lot of challenges and so a part of I suppose the creative process is actually navigating through those changes and working out ways to do things to to make it actually happen whereas like AI can be kind of it's a you know cookie cutter type approach where it can stamp out stuff and you know once something's learnt it's kind of got it there in its toolbox and whereas like a photographer will learn different skills over many many years so uh, what makes the difference between, say, a, a photographer starting out and a photographer who's been shooting for, say, 20 years is that the photographer who's been shooting for 20 years has developed those skills and techniques and has tried those different things and, and honed their skills on different aspects of photography so they can actually produce amazing images. And I think this is the, the challenge now, like I said, with AI, is that AI can basically, once one person has been able to teach the AI intelligence how to do something it's there can just be replicated over and over again it's like I said it's just can just keep making more and more of the same and as it does it and people tweak it it becomes even I suppose even becomes more and more refined each time and look there's also in the talking about the whole I suppose AI and that type of thing that people have been kind of worried too that um, that potentially um, a lot of our images that we've taken and we've put out into the world have been used to train this AI, has been, or, or be able to, for the AI to build up a kind of a database or a, 
or a catalog of, of images. So when someone types in something they want to create, potentially the AI could have learned that tree or they could have learned that um, mountain or they could have learned that scene from an image that you created and but you didn't really have an active part in saying whether that actually you wanted that to, to happen. Like I said, and that's one of the challenges of putting photographs out in the world is that basically once you put them out there, you've really lost control of how they're going to be used. And I suppose, you know, if we wind the clock back, you know, 10 years, people were putting photos out on the net because it was something cool they could do, but probably never even thinking about the fact that one day those images could be scanned and harvested and dissected to kind of pull, the, pull, pull them apart and take out some of those you know, how it was created and be able to use that information to create a photograph completely by an artificial intelligence program. So on this episode of Focus, I'm kind of floating the idea of what would what what would the world would have been like if we hadn't seen them, if photographs hadn't been invented, how different would the world be? Think about all the things around you, how that would affect you. Obviously, as a photographer, that would direct, you know, you wouldn't be a photographer because photography was never never happened. But, I mean, it just meant that so much stuff around the world would not be, you'd not see, it would be, you know, um, the amazing wildlife pictures we see in encyclopedias and those types of things um, because someone's gone out and been able to catch that. They would have just been simply people's observations of those being drawn into a picture, which is how things used to be done before photography. But we've just become so, I suppose, um, reliant on photography that we just rely on, on an everyday Everyday situations, we just rely on photography. And I just know, like, from a business point of view, I've been in business for, you know, uh, for a very long time now. And and when I first started in business, there was very little technology around. You know, it was analog film. Um, you know, if you wanted to use uh, photograph and, and advertising, it was quite a difficult process and that type of stuff. And, you know, even, like, you know, if you wanted to write an ad, it was really you didn't have anything really to guide you where these days i mean there's fantastic templates and like i said ai to help you on all these different things but we kind of like i said as a society not necessarily we've signed up for this stuff i think what happens is someone has an idea so they push it and then you know it gets traction and it might get traction for the not so right reasons i think sometimes stuff gets traction because People can see that it can kind of, they can use it to make money. They can use it to, like I said, if they're a company and they're employing all these people, it's potentially a way that they can employ less people but still charge the same price for something that, you know, has been created by uh, artificial intelligence or whatever. So it's it's kind of, like I said, it's we're in a we're in an interesting time, I think, in society where, you know, I think we, we all have to kind of make decisions about, I suppose, where we sit with what's happening and what direction this might go in. And like I said, it's really hard to tell, I suppose, where AI will go and where we'll end up um, and how it will affect us. I mean, people have theories around education, how, like I said, people going through university can start to use AI to to start to write some of their essays or, or, or just you know prepare stuff for them to present that they haven't really had much input themselves. And I think the, the I suppose the the danger is that 
a lot of that stuff is to develop your critical thinking skills. So you think about things, and as I said, and that's why I wanted, you know, in this, I suppose, episode of Focus, have people just kind of think about strip photography from the world, just how and how your world would look and how you would deal with it. Is it something you go, yeah, I'm comfortable with it, or no, I'm not really comfortable with that. I'm really glad photography was invented. I mean, look, personally, myself, I'm so glad photography was invented. I mean, I just think it's, I still think it's one of the world's greatest inventions because it, like I said, it's it's contributed so much good to the world that um, I'd rather have a world with photography than a world without photography. That's my personal view on it. Everyone has their own view on these things, and I think with when it comes to AI, and someone you know, said, what's your view on AI? Do you think that the world's better with AI or better without AI? And I think, I think it's going to be one of those um, moments, again, a bit like, the internet where it kind of like I said great idea but then there's a lot of dark side to the internet there's a lot of stuff to the internet which is pretty uh yeah it's pretty disturbing at times so I think but again and bolted out of the paddock so it's like it's not going to go back in the you can't put the genie back in the bottle and I think this is what may be happening with AI is that it's just going to explode and it's going to get out of control and people will be using it for the right purposes but people will also be using it for purposes maybe that was never intended to be used for and I think that's what humans are incredibly resourceful when it comes to things like you know you see quite often sometimes people will repurpose something that was made for a completely different purpose and they'll actually find a way to do something completely different with it and I can just remember a situation in some of the prisons in Australia where they used the the alcohol-based you know, hand wash and they had to remove it from the prisons because the prisoners were taking the alcohol-based hand wash and then using that to create, you know, like a home brew. And again, it's something that you never would have thought of that the alcohol was put in there to kill germs and to keep them safe that you never would thought think that someone would work out a way to extract the alcohol and, you know, make a home brew concoction. Um, so yeah, they, they had to remove it. So it's like it's Again, people will take something that was never intended to be used in a in that way, but they will find a way to do things. And I'm I suppose that's my fear of AI that AI will be used to, you know, create stuff that wasn't intended. I mean, we've also seen what's happened these days with um, deep fake, and we've talked about it a little bit on focus at times. But I mean, again, it's potentially you know people can have video evidence um, fabricated to put them in a particular thing and make it look like maybe they were there um, when they weren't. And we see this controversy now with photography as well. I mean, where someone, you know, there's a very famous photo going around at the moment of a member of the royal family. You know, he's claiming that that's not, that's not a real photograph. And, and, the, the, and that's the thing. Potentially we know how good post-production is and how if you've dabbled in it yourself, you just know how you can actually create an image that's completely deceptive, that really tries to tell a story that's not true but it's believe but it's so believable that people will will look at it and believe it is true and i think that's the danger like i said with ai is that creating stuff that maybe people will think is true but it was actually fabricated because some of the person did it who did it had a ulterior motive and i think that's the uh, like i said that's the danger and that's the thing we face of i think with uh, all things technology based that we just really have to i suppose 
trying to, I suppose, work out what is good for society and what's not. And But then the challenge is the mechanisms to do that work so slowly that it's, like I said, by the time governments try to deal with reeling in AI, I think AI will be completely have taken over. And I think that's, like I said, not necessarily a good thing. Yes, there is going to be some great things and people go, oh, it would be great if we could have, you know, um, autonomous self-driving vehicles. And in some areas that would work. I mean, and they're already doing it with, um, I mean, if you look at, say, drone technology, you know, these are vehicles quite often that are flown by somebody, but they're in a, you know, they're, they're nowhere near the location of where the drone's been flown and they've been used in hazardous situations where you may not want to put a person into a, into an aircraft in those areas that um, because of the risk of, of, of something happening, they can basically do it by remote control. And I think this is, you know, that's, an, that's a, I suppose, a, an application, although it's not truly AI because the aircraft's not necessarily being controlled by AI, but it can be controlled by a person. But I think the developments are there for, we're seeing, you know, with hobby drones where, they have avoidance systems, so the drone will automatically avoid objects. Um, it'll have a return to base um, method, so it knows exactly the the the, the um, GPS coordinates where it took off from, and it will return back to that exact base. That is really using artificial intelligence to to create that, I suppose, that process where the operator of the drone now just sends it up and can move it around and fly it around, do that type of stuff, and then flying it closer to things that the drone will then take control when it feels like it's getting too close because the sensors pick up an object that it could you know, potentially crash into and it will actually move the drone away from the danger. And like I said, this technology, that's a blend of, I suppose, a blend of artificial intelligence and human intervention. And I think, like, a, but eventually I think there'll be a um, technology will move forward where basically started to see it, I suppose, in people working around the idea of using drones for security on large properties where the drones are actually triggered by motion sensors on the ground where, like, someone, the motion sensor detects movement in an area, like, and this could be, like, say, in a state forest or it could be in a, you know, it could be around a big, huge factory or something where there's, you know, one set on, you know, hundreds of acres that, someone's there where they shouldn't be there and the drone can fly up and then using artificial intelligence using you know it can actually work out yeah there's three people there and be able to then alert somebody but you know what they're talking about these drones just basically having a nest where they sit and then they'll be located around the property so probably at an even kind of distance and then once um, motion is triggered the, the drone closest to that particular trigger point would fly up and bring back intel and again, they would be like flying by artificial intelligence. So they're not really an operator is there sending the drone up. It's just happening automatically. But an operator would be alerted that when the drone actually confirms that there is actually people in an area where they may not be. So again, we're just seeing it, I suppose, in so many different um, areas. And I think the one of the interesting things to look at, I suppose, the potential dangers, which is always looked at in science fiction movies, science fiction movies have, and science fiction writers have this great way of of kind of demonising artificial intelligence, you know, where the robots take over the world and robots are created by humans and then all of a sudden the robots decide that they don't need humans, so they can, they can continue to create themselves. 
and that's been the theme of many, many different um, sci-fi movies. So, and it's it's kind of I suppose for a lot of people think it's pretty far-fetched. Potentially, it could actually play out in reality where the something like that may happen in the future. We don't know, like I said, how far AI intelligence will, will spread and how far it will actually go. So on this edition of Focus, I've just been talking about, you know, floated the idea about how would your world look with it without photographs, how the world's changing and how AI is probably going to be the biggest disruption to the photography industry and the creative industry in general. So I don't know if you've had much of a play look at AI, but maybe it's time to open your eyes and just have a look at what's happening around you and just get a, your heads around, you know, get your head around it. That it is actually out there and it is actually going to have a, it is going to have a, a, a huge difference. And look, it's also from a photography point of view, it's actually in cameras now that we're starting to see with some of the incredible, you know, autofocus systems. They're using artificial intelligence to track people and do that type of stuff. So we, some of it's great, and that, that's that's really good use of AI. I believe that we can, as photographers and creators, we can benefit from that. But let's not make a camera that doesn't need an operator behind it. I think that'd be that'd be a sad day. Anyway, until next time, uh, enjoy your photography. I've been Steve Finkel for Photomission Focus discussing photography and we'll talk again real soon. See ya.